Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi, this is Garrett Sisti. Hold for applause. The host of the Lightning Round podcast and Score More with Garrett Sisti, all under the Bolts from the Blue podcast network covering your local Los Angeles Chargers. The podcasts are great, but don't take my word for it. Listen to this kid. Kids don't lie. It seems. Forget the kids. Search Bolts from the Blue on iTunes to find great Chargers podcasts like the Lightning Round podcast and score more with Garrett Sisti and add them to your podcast rotation. I'm not giving you that dollar. <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's the love, the jam, the podcast coming to you as always with Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm hyped. <laughs> I am hyped. One twenty nine, one twenty one in Golden State, Oracle, Roracle, Oakland, whatever. The Clippers win again. The Clippers didn't even win two games in Golden State before they were Golden State. Last time they beat the Warriors in the playoffs. And they won too. They won. They won this, the whole game. They were up the virtually the entire game, and yeah, the Clippers, man, the Clippers from that yeah. second quarter onwards, it was just like the Warriors were playing catch up, and they couldn't catch up. What do you What do you think about the Clippers, man? It's really you know their heart and their fight. We've been talking about this all year, but it can't be stated enough. Is incredible. There are so many teams, so many hundreds and hundreds of teams over the past five years that would have rolled over when the Warriors made their push in the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter, and then again towards the end of the fourth. They had a lead. They were up Including the Clippers, by the way, over the last five years. Including the Lob City Clippers, who had like (laughs) five times the talent of this Clippers team, would have rolled over and died. Continuously lost to the Warriors when they would make runs in the regular season. Continuously. And it, like, there's honestly, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, the Warriors are crazy good when they get going and when Oracle is loud, they're super tough to beat. And the Clippers twice have been able to do so because they do not get in their own heads about it. They do not put their heads down when the Warriors go on a run, and they just keep playing basketball. Now, sometimes they fall into some ISO shit, which we saw from Gallo and then Lou before Lou lost his mind again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... On the whole, they, they kept playing. They kept playing hard. I thought their defense was really, really good. 
Uh, the Warriors scored a ton of points because they're the Warriors and they have three of the best shooters of all time. But I thought the Clippers played really good disciplined defense. They rotated mm-hmm. well. It was just an incredible performance. I thought the Warriors, you know, were obviously not at peak Warriors, but I thought they played decently outside of played Steph. Played pretty well. Yeah. Who's, who's not good. But, I mean, KD was a monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I thought Draymond played pretty good defense. You know, they it's not like they were awful and the Clippers just beat them. The Warriors played decently, and the Clippers were just better. And yeah, I just I it's hard to even talk about it right now because I am so hyped. You know what I've kind of noticed? So Durant kind of became OKC Durant a little bit with Game yep. Three, and uh, when he just took over, and that was good. But then he's still kind of OKC Durant, and he was like that a lot today, just kind of taking the ball, isolation plays, and it kind of iced Curry a bit. And it, it didn't ice Clay entirely because Clay is so good off the ball. Plus, he got going. He gets going in the beginning of those fourth quarters and uh, third, uh, second quarters. So he gets a little bit of more uh, highlight then, especially in that second quarter. They hit a bunch of shots. But Durant just kind of goes iso ball and ices Curry. And Curry just never got into it today. I thought there were a couple of times where I felt like, uh-oh, here comes Curry. He hit those two threes in a row in the third quarter. And we were all terrified. But... It was a Durant show, and normally that's a bad thing, but it kind of worked out today. Yeah, I, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, I, I completely agree with that. I think when Durant gets going, obviously he's one of the scariest guys in the NBA, but it really is true that the Warriors are not the Warriors when Durant is the fulcrum of the offense. They can still be really good, and they can still win championships with him because he's, you know, a great player but they're just not as dangerous as when it's Steph and Clay and lots of ball movement and they're just drilling threes. Now part of that is they were both off and the Clippers played really good defense, but a lot of it was that Durant had the ball so much and was settling for ISOs and just not sharing the rock that much. And it worked for a lot of the game, especially in the second half, but mm-hmm. it must have thrown the rest of them off. And yeah, just what a defensive performance. I thought Jamichael Green on so good. KD, even though KD scored a ton, I thought he played really, really great defense on yep, him. I agree. Um, Landry Shamit again on Steph. Garrett Temple had great minutes in the third and fourth. Temple has been so good defensively yeah. this whole his whole he got burned a few times by Clay in that second quarter, but he's been fantastic guarding whichever guard they put him on. He's just he's a nice player, man. I like Garrett Temple. And, you know, I think we have to I mean, we want to talk about everybody, probably, but I think Pat Beverly, 14 rebounds. Wow. Um, took, like, a critical charge late in the game. And one finger. <laughs> <laughs> First he's, team. Uh, he's something. Um, you know, I tweeted this from the Clips Nation account. Even before they won, even before it looked like they were going to win, they have to resign him. Like, at Absolutely. this point, it's, it's just not even a question of how much or whatever. Like, they need to it doesn't. They have to resign him. There's not even a question. Yeah. His what team. about Jerome Robinson? Don't we need to give Jerome Robinson more minutes, though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. There's some questions about that. Um, That's fine. And by the way, just early in the podcast, I need to get to this. We have, like, 22 questions right now. Oh, no. So we're not going to get to all of them. I'm just going to select a few. We can can just, like, have a quick run to some of the maybe the lesser. I want to get to all of them, but we won't won't spend forever on all of them. Hopefully some of them kind of overlap. or Some of them might have been just like, are you kidding me or something like that? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean – I mean, what do you think about the Clippers' overall play? What do you, I guess, before we even go into this, I mean, what do you think about their chances going forward? Which I guess is, you know, this is all about pushing the game back to game to game six and another stand at home. Do you think they can actually win at home in game six? 
I've been saying no every game. <laughs> I know, you know. So like, no, I I don't, and I think that I think the Warriors will be hyped. And this was like a classic Golden State game. This kind of reminded me at the beginning, in the second quarter especially. Remember when the Warriors were kind of letting themselves down against the Rockets? I think it was game five, that first time they played the Rockets, mm-hmm. uh, when the Rockets beat us. And the Rockets went up by like 12 or 15. I was like, this is classic Warriors. They're going to come back. They're going to win this game. They're going to go on a huge run. And it won't even be close at the end. And they didn't. I thought I was just waiting for them to punch us in the face but you know what? It's like Curry is their flurry to an extent. Like when Curry gets going, they just start rolling. Yeah. And he just didn't. And so we just had Durant in a half court in half court sets hitting impossible shots. I'm telling you, man. I even had OKC flashbacks when we were up seven and it was 50 seconds left and Durant was bringing the ball up. I was like, oh my God, he's going to hit a ridiculous 30 footer and it's going to start all over again. Yeah. I. But it just – it never came. Like, I, I don't think they can win game six. But could they? I mean, could they, could they push the Warriors to seven? This was a much – I think Garrett Temple literally just said this, and I retweeted it. It was a quote from Mark Spears. But he just said that this game gave them a lot more confidence than the comeback game in game two. Right. And, I mean, unquestionably, they just outplayed the Warriors for most of this game. Game two, while all credit to the Clippers for playing hard, and getting that win was historic. It was kind of a fluke. They were down 31, and the Warriors relaxed, and the Clippers were able to make a big run, and the Warriors were never able to get quite back in gear. The Clippers led for, like, nearly three-quarters of this game from, you know, at some point in the second until that point in the fourth when the Warriors retook the lead for 10 seconds and then Lou hit that four-point play. They were the better team for most of this game. And mm-hmm. while there were times when the Warriors looked more dangerous and they were making a run, they just they just never were able to get over the hump until the very end, and then Lou took over. Um, it was this just, game. This this game was a lot. Sorry, to interrupt you. This game yeah. was a lot like uh, Game Four, except the Clippers were winning. And right. Then, yes. Much you know? similar flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this was just this was a, a real legitimate win. Um. You know, again, I'm not super confident that they can win game six, but they have a chance. But I think the, the three keys to this game are the Clippers' three best players, which are Lou Williams, Danilo Gallinari, and Montres Harrell. Now, Gallo fell off pretty hard in the second half, but he was really good for a lot of the first and even in the third quarter. And Lou Williams and Montres Harrell were unstoppable again. Unstoppable. Just, it's incredible that they come off the bench for this team. And that they're getting paid what they're getting paid. Montreal is making $6 million this year. Lou Williams is making eight. <laughs> and they've essentially beaten the Warriors at wow. Oracle two times in this year. Wow. Wow. Well, has anybody won two games except for the Cavs in, in Oracle? During I don't their, think so. I think during, the Rockets – did the Rockets win any? Last the Rockets won – yeah, the Rockets won, won one road game. Yeah, because yeah. they lost one home game, and then they won one on the road. And the Thunder won one in 2016, right. which is the last KD Thunder year, right? They, they only won one. They only won one, that first game, with the yeah. Westbrook travel game. Yeah, so – yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> the Clippers have done what no other team has done in Golden State Warriors, this year of the Golden State Warriors, which is when two – in Oracle in a playoff series. We're pretty except, sure on this. Except for the Cavs, who won except, the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah except so. for the Cavs. Who and won. never the Durant era. 
Yep. And wow. that's incredible. Um, this Clippers team, as has been stated, you know, for months, no all-star, no all-NBA player. And they're 3-2 against the Warriors with a chance to tie the series at home. We're both so- somewhat skeptical that they're actually going to win that game because we're both pessimists. But it's hard to be pessimistic after this win. Right. It really is. Um, I Like, Lou Williams is just <laughs> – I can't even describe Lou Williams. Um, that four-point play was – that four-point play was, like, iconic. It is, yeah. If Lou Williams makes the Hall of Fame, which I think he should because I think the Hall of Fame should not just be the Hall of Very Best Players. It should be literally the Hall of Fame. Like, who, what players were super relevant? What players mattered? Who helped define the NBA? And Lou Williams is the best sixth man of all time. I guess you could argue with Manu, but Manu wasn't quite – in the same role. He was really, really a starter who just came off the bench. Um, this is this is Lou Williams' team. Yeah, it is. And yeah, I mean, if Lou Williams were to make my hypothetical Hall of Fame, that four-point play is is on the reel. Going, wow. drifting left, taped uh. in his face. Um, just no fear in the world. The, the stadium was so loud because the Warriors had just taken the lead and Lou did not give a shit. <laughs> the the stadium was so loud today. Yeah, it felt it felt louder than any of their home games. I don't know. What, what do you think, Rob? You were at one of those games. This, I mean, I was not here for this one. But right, from right, what I could right. tell it sounded louder than game two because I think it game two, loud. game two, they were up big, and when they're up big, I mean, obviously the crowd is into it, but it's not quite as much as when it's really competitive and when the Warriors are making a run. And then the Clippers just made a run, like, the entire second half. So it didn't get too loud. I mean, they tried getting defense chance, but it wasn't quite the same. So I'd guess that this game was louder. It sounded really loud on television. Wow. And I, of course, was watching Ralph Lawler on Fox Sports Go. So was I. He was I great today. all Clippers fans who should have – I mean, obviously, if you don't have the chance to, then, you know, it's fine. But Then find the chance to, honestly. Yeah, yeah <laughs> do the illegal stream chance <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. Uh, it was kind of frustrating because I was a minute or so behind. Me like, too. Yeah. TNT, but uh, it was worth it. Um, it was great. So, really quick, let's talk about these players a little bit. Yeah. So, Gallo. So, Gallo was super slow. Had missed some shots early, too, and it was kind of nerve wracking, but then he got it going as the first half went on, hit some big shots in the, in the third, then was kind of done, it felt, a little bit in that fourth quarter. So was the whole Clippers, by the way. The Clippers really just looked flaccid in that fourth quarter absolutely thought the Warriors were going to come back and win this game because nothing was happening on offense and the Warriors were playing great defense like the Warriors were completely engaged I was complaining because in the third quarter you know um the Warriors got some calls some touch fouls and I was like oh no here we go but the Warriors in their comeback in the fourth quarter they absolutely earned it uh the Clippers actually got some calls I was surprised they got a couple of Lou Williams calls but I agree. Uh, but that fourth quarter was played exactly as I would want it to be played. They're, they let it, they let things go for the most part, and the guys just played. And it was an awesome fourth quarter to say the to say the least. So especially considering how it ended. But yeah, yeah, Gallo, Gallo. So Gallo did just enough to really help this team through. Hi, I'm Ariel Zemros, host of the tech podcast Reset, and I'm here to tell you about some of the stories we're following on Reset this month. Stories about how we're adapting to the pandemic with a little help from technology and science. Like, what does teaching look like right now? I I can 
tell you that there's two teachers right now who have been conducting their phone calls and check-ins with students from random parking lots, just anywhere that you can get Wi-Fi. And for folks who can work from home, how is that working out? Now it's my whole life is conducted via this internet connection. The pandemic has even changed what you might think of preppers. The preppers were at home, not going to Costco and waiting in line for 12 hours, standing next to a bunch of other sick people. So if you want to understand the new normal, how science and technology are shaping the way we live during the pandemic, listen to Reset. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or in your favorite podcast app. Later, nerds. Yeah, real. I think that that sums it up. He was nine for 22, three of 11 from three. He stole some bonehead awful possessions. He did. In the fourth quarter in particular. But he scored 26 points. He had seven rebounds, which is nice. Huge, huge rebounds. A couple offensive rebounds. He only had one turnover. He'd been really turnover prone, and he had far fewer turnovers in this game, which was really important. And I thought his defense was better. Uh, Jamichael Green played better defense on KD than he did, but he had to guard. Katie, you know, sometimes because Green was in foul trouble and ended up fouling out. And I thought he did much better, and he was also much better when switched on to smaller guys. I thought overall he played, you know, pretty well, with just with some mind-numbing possessions. But, you know, that's Gallo for you. Uh, speaking of Jermichael Green, um, wow. he's not quite as much of a must-resign as Pat Beverly is. But I feel, I feel like he's playing himself out of our price tag almost. Yeah. I mean, other NBA franchises are obviously watching this series. And if they're watching, they're probably coveting Jamichael Green. How bitter are Grizzly fans right now? <laughs> probably fairly bitter, uh, considering they got stuck with Avery Bradley. And, <laughs> uh, Avery Bradley. Scott Green and Garrett Temple. I mean, they were expiring, and the Grizzlies weren't going to re-sign them anymore. Right, right, right. But still, this is, this is the guy they wanted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just incredible, um, you know, he was a very unheralded pickup at the trade deadline. Got less press than probably anybody else they got. And he's been huge. He played 27 minutes, 15 points, 5-9 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3. Had a couple huge three-pointers. Um, again, not quite great on the glass, but I thought he boxed out pretty well. And again, mm-hmm. defense on KD was great. He did great deny defense when switched on to smaller guys. Um, he's just been really, really good all series. He's been the Clippers' most consistent player, which wow. you know is part of the reason why they're down three two, but also says a lot about what he's how he's played. So I agree with you. I mean, I think he might be out of the Clippers' price range, but at the same time, you know, I think he's twenty eight. Um, he doesn't have a very flashy game, so really, he might not have that high a price as we think. And depending on what happens this summer, he could also take a discount to come back to the Clippers. True. Shea had a pretty loud six and three, especially in that third quarter. Yep. Yeah, I thought he played very well. Yeah. A couple bad fouls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but some of his passes were exceptional. Um, Yeah, he he scored four of his points in that early third quarter. Uh, The Warriors were making a bit of a run, and he went right at Draymond Green two times in a row, Um, hit the shot, and then got the free throws. I thought he played pretty well. Shamit, his defense is just exceptional. And moves the ball. He does not force bad shots, which is – Really a huge credit to him, uh, a rookie on this big stage. He played 37 minutes. Uh, He had some nice passes, and his defense on Steph is just, like, I would never, ever have predicted it. It might be the most unpredictable part of this series is how well Shaman has defended Steph Curry. 
Yep. Team high plus 17 for Shamit. I thought he played really well. And just his movement, even on offense, one that he's moving so much on offense and then so much on defense, you have to be in some great shape. I don't remember, you know, we talk a lot about J.J. Redick in comparison, but, man, Redick never had to move that much on defense. It's just really incredible. Um, I thought Shamit played well. I thought Shamit and Shea both played super well, and it doesn't really show on the box score. But if you just watch them play, they both made huge contributions. Um I mean, we have to talk about Lou and Trez. Yeah. They, I Just, mean, Trez find the Clippers was, this year. Yeah. He had that block. That block, that block was massive. <laughs> what a block. He came out of nowhere. Like, Looney was there, and there was nobody nearby. And he was and going... He, he blocked the shit out of him, too. Like, it yeah. was, like, one of, the, one of the most, like, emphatic rejections I've seen. You know... Uh, Trez got blocked by what it was that rookie that uh, that Charlotte rookie um, what's his name that we traded Shea for um, that Miles was bridges. yeah you remember that block that block yeah. was probably one of the best blocks I've seen all season the Durant block on Shea was also incredible but this block at that moment with the Warriors with that much momentum yeah wow. insane I mean he caught every single pass I mean Lou threw him some great passes but they were tough to catch. And he had some just near his feet. He had some above his head between mm-hmm. two guys. I don't know how he catches these passes. He would be a phenomenal wide receiver or tight end. Um, but he did. He finished everything. And most importantly, again, like he didn't force things. He had 14 shots, but he could have taken more. He passed out a lot. He didn't try to drive straight into traffic mm-hmm. among the warrior trees. Just one of the best games of the season for him. Maybe the best considering the circumstances. I thought his defense, even outside the block, was better. You know, mm-hmm. he's never going to be a great rebounder, especially on the defensive glass, but he did his best there. Had some nice boards, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Pat Beverly was just getting all the defensive rebounds, so mm-hmm. there wasn't much left for anybody else. But Trez was going to the rim so aggressively. A few times, like, he was, he was dunking almost – I don't want to compare him to Giannis, right? But sometimes Giannis just sneaks up with you with dunks you don't expect to be dunks. And I felt like Trez had that a couple times tonight. That one full court pass that Lou threw him when the Clippers were going oh, yeah. up to the left side, and he caught it and seemed like he was under the basket, but so easily put it in. Amazing. I mean, Trez, Trez has like some of the best hands in the league. Absolutely. It's amazing. And he's underrated skill-wise, too. He yep, has some, he some real, real moves to score in the paint. Absolutely. And there was one possession in the fourth quarter where we just gave him the ball in the post and he passed it out, got it right back in the post and almost made a ridiculous shot. And I was like, oh, it's a bad shot. We shouldn't be doing offense like that. But Trez has bailed us out quite a few times in the post, just in the post, or just mm-hmm. facing up against Bogut, getting a first step in. He's been, he's been a bailout guy pretty often and not just a pick-and-roll guy. Like you said, his skills – offensively are very underrated. He has some nice pet moves. Just uh, just a really good player, man. Yeah, and then Lou. Lou. Uh, you go ahead. I don't even know. I'm just going to sit down and listen. I mean, he's definitely the most underrated player in the NBA, though maybe this series will get him more attention. Um, 33 points, 10 assists, 12 of 19 shooting. Every single time the Clippers needed a basket, Lou got them one. Every single time. Fading left, fading right. From all different angles and positions on the court. Unstoppable. And he and Trez really figured out the Warriors adjusted defense, which they did in game three after those two guys burned them in one and two. They and Doc Rivers, of course, credit to the coaching staff, 
figured out the timing of the pick and rolls to get Lou free, to get Trez free. When the Warriors sent guys out to Lou, he did not try to out dribble them. He just passed it to Trez or whatever safety man was there to start a four on three. He picked his spots really well. I mean, he took 19 shots, but considering how well he was scoring, he could have taken more. As we already mentioned, some of his passes to Trez were unbelievable. Two of those full court passes, some of the ones that he bounced past in between two guys, his full talent was on display today. He's one of the best offensive players in the entire NBA. Doesn't matter position he is. And he's outgunned the Warriors with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry in two out of five games so far this series. Just a remarkable basketball player. This whole, per- this whole professional scorer moniker doesn't do Lou justice. I almost oh, kind of get absolutely not. I, I get frustrated when I hear a professional scorer. He's a professional scorer. He's a basketball player, man. That dude has run our offense better than any other person, and he's been. I can't even say how many big shots he's had. He's incredible. The War Durant, Curry, and Thompson scored ninety-one points today, and they lost. Yep. I. Yep. Wow. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the Clippers game plan has been good all series. They just haven't executed as well. I'm talking defensively, mm-hmm. which is they've been trying to make the, the Warriors, other players score and shoot today. Iguodala one for seven from the field, one for five from three. Yep. Finally missed after finally two, not missed earlier in the series, two for eight. Uh, Trez again, great job defending him inside without fouling, but I think, and Green Green was afraid to shoot like all game, like he's always yeah. been. But it's also part of the game in the game. So yeah, and I mean, I think you know a big thing is that for as much as the Pat Beverly defense on KD got credit, they've been so much better putting bigger guys on him. Yep, and kind of just making the defense a little less gimmicky and a little more straight up. Like we're gonna put Beverly on. Draymond Green, so he can roam off ball and so he can get rebounds. A big part of why he got rebounds is because he was on Draymond Green. Like in some ways, he was playing center for the Clippers. <laughs> um, you know, if if you say Magic Johnson played center, I Pat Beverly might have played center. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, man. when he's in against the Death lineup, he's guarding Draymond. He's guarding the other team's center. Um, and his ability to get rebounds to box out to be everywhere and help defense the way he rotated, the way he directed everybody else throughout the game. Incredible. Um, it's pure hype. Yeah. Just, he came out, Steve Kerr said it. He like, he came out and he just jumped the warriors and he outplayed them from start to finish. I thought he should have played more than 37 minutes, but doc knows best. Uh, he knows when to give him rest, when not to. And can we seriously doc rivers? <laughs> what a coaching job, man. Right. He did not play Wilson Chandler, which was huge yeah and you felt it because wilson chandler apologies to wilson chandler no apologies man we've been saying this we've been saying this for so long i like you wilson you played some good basketball i don't like you though that much to be honest and i'm so glad you didn't play series not good enough it's just that simple i mean i thought the jerome robinson minutes were risky (laughs) yeah Um, to say the least it would not surprise me if it was an eight-man rotation next game Made a huge play, though, Jerome. Yeah, he did. He got that offensive rebound and assist. Uh, is that the one you were thinking of? Thinking about. 
Um, yeah, that that was it. And what a that was a that was a nice play. Yeah, it was really it was, was a swing. It was, it was a they were down four, game. right? And yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just don't know if he should play next game. I mean, no, he shouldn't. I, you, you know, he definitely shouldn't. <laughs> Temple played 11 minutes. Shea played 19. Jerome only played six. Six of those minutes should just go to Temple or, or Shea. It's crazy that Shea only played 19 minutes. He had some foul trouble, but I mean, really. That's true. Beverly and Lou were too good. And Shea was doing a great job on Steph. I was fine with it. You know, of all games where Shea didn't play that much, I thought he played well, but other guys were playing better and were more essential. I was asking my I was asking my buddies on this Clipper group that I kind of shout out to my my, my friends who are probably listening to this eventually Ray Vivian, <laughs> uh, who else Tim and Paul. Um, so I was I was talking to them on our group, and who do the Clippers close their games with? You know? It depends. It depends, right? It's always Gallo. Well, Gallo was benched for a lot of the fourth for Green. But, I mean, I think Doc would have gone back to him. It's Lou. It's always Lou and Beverly. Mm-hmm. And then basically always Gallo. And then usually Trez. Sometimes not Trez. Um, but usually Trez. And then the fourth, the fifth guy can be any one of Green, Shamit, or Shea, I think. Yeah. It's I, mean, t- I wouldn't even be surprised if Temple, one of these games, closed it. Because probably not. Probably not. But yeah, probably maybe. not. But like, it's yeah. not out of the question. Yep. Yep. Temple um, hit a couple of huge free throws. Shout out to Sasha too. Who but I anyway, oh, we were talking about Doc Rivers coaching. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, he pushed all the right buttons. He didn't play Wilson Chandler. He played the starting lineup more. I mean, Shea only got 19, but he played J. Michael 22, partially from not playing Wilson Chandler. Gallinari played 42, which he didn't play great, but he needed to play those minutes. He needed Doc to play those minutes. I like Not it. wanted to play in big minutes all year. He did. Beverly and Sham at 37 apiece. He really rode the guys who got him there. And cutting the rotation was a help. I think, you know, Jerome, again, played, had a couple nice plays. He shouldn't play in game six unless a guy really, really needs a breather or there's foul trouble. No, he shouldn't play. No. The Clippers have eight guys. We have enough guards. That, we have enough guards that Jerome shouldn't play minutes. Yeah, the, the Clippers have eight guys. They're forwards and centers. It's Green, Gallo, Tres. That's it. It's funny for all this talk about depth, and we saw when the Clippers got hurt. They re- they have eight guys. Like that's yeah. their rotation. They shouldn't waver from but it. I think against some teams, Zubats. Yeah, right. Zubat Zubat is good. He. This is just a terrible matchup for him. I still think he should come back. I still think he can be the placeholder starter. If he comes back, but this is just a bad matchup for him and going away from him. Thank goodness for Doc, because we've talked a lot about Zubat being the center of the future. But Doc realized, and I hope Zubat realizes too, that this is just a bad matchup for him. I think he understands. I mean, I haven't, there hasn't been any reports of him being unhappy. Not that there would be, but I mean, this Clippers team seems so tight and so focused and just so together. I mean, that's been their mantra all year. I can't imagine Zu would be complaining. And, I mean, I'm sure the Clippers have assured him privately that he's still in their long-term future plans. And he should be. This is just a horrible matchup for him. Especially once Boogie went out, he was never going to play again. Yeah, uh, I know it's late for you anyway. And Yeah. yeah. So we've talked about this game a fair amount. We're both kind of skeptical about game six, but the Clippers definitely have a chance. Um, you know, Lou, Trez, Beverly, DeMichael, Clipper Pantheon performances here. Yeah. Um, yeah, just incredible. All these guys are awesome. And I think Clippers fans will remember this team forever and every Absolutely. player on it. 
Absolutely. So I'm just going to scroll down uh, just to find the best uh, questions here. Uh, one from Odin BN. When is the Luo banner and statue revealing ceremony? As soon as no, today, yeah. right now, Friday, Friday, Friday. <laughs> along with, <laughs> along with Ralph, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, that kind of thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There are a bunch of questions about how, um, from Tony, I don't know. Times on the moon, other people, uh, and Duncan Smith also, what the fuck? Um, this Clippers team just doesn't give up. And <laughs> that's, I think that's how it's like we said at the very beginning, the Warriors make their pushes and most teams fold and the Clippers did not. And I think that's really the crux of it. That and incredible shot making from Lou Williams, I think sums it up better than anything else. Um, the next <laughs> yeah. question from at Casey Clark, uh, did this starting lineup work or did we just get super lucky? I think we have two games oh. now, but this starts working. Yeah. We pretty much played them flat, even like between the last two games with the starting lineup. Yeah. Agreed. Um, next question at Clippers all in how critical was the win tonight in attracting free agents at this point, this might be getting kind of big. You know, I think this was a big deal, honestly, as far as like, as far as like free agents seeing this team, like how can you ignore this? This is, this is tough to ignore either way. We'll have at least taken the Warriors to six without a superstar. I mean, I honestly think there's a big difference between five and six, you know, and, uh, that's how this feels. That's yeah. How this feels. Um, then we have a question about Zubats, um, which, yeah, I think they still want to re-sign him. It's just this one thing. Yeah. Um, well, let me see. There are a bunch of other questions. Uh, my dad asks, does Dr. Shap ever sleep? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I think we know. The answer is no. And then thoughts on Jerome. I, again, I don't think we can. I think, I think you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are a bunch of like, is this real life? Is this actually happening? Yes. I like, I like Lucas's, uh, we were so busy trying to figure out if we could that we never stopped to think we, if we should. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it really is unbelievable. Um, for all the people asking, is this actually happening? I'm questioning that myself. I can't believe it. I'm going to rewatch this game tomorrow. I can't believe that this happened. I was sure they were going to lose today. I was certain. They were up the whole game, and I was like, they're not going to win this game. Yeah. The fourth quarter happened. I was like, here it, here it comes. They We're going to lose. Score. They couldn't yeah. score for – they scored 10 points in like seven minutes. And I was and thinking even to myself like that I couldn't – I can't imagine how NBA players go into Oracle and score. It's just – it's so loud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. Sorry if I'm skipping any other questions. What uh, else? Is there anything good I'm looking at there too? Uh, uh, my buddy Kev asked, how much, how much wine have you consumed in this series? <laughs> Sadly, not much. Um, I wish it was more, but I actually had like a, a small dental procedure today, uh, which is why I was not at the game. And it's also Passover, so I can't drink any beer. So today was actually alcohol-free, um, oh, shockingly, which is just Friday night, though. You know, win or lose, uh, it will be turn-up time. And there was a question asking how special this team is. Um, Very special. Very special. special. I can't think of many teams that I've liked more than this one. I'm trying to think. think of any teams. Yeah. I can't think of a single one. This is the most likable and fun Clippers team of my life. I was pretty attached to the Lob City team that lost Oklahoma City because I felt like like they kind of went through a lot of adversity and that Oklahoma City uh, series was just kind of incredible, even with all the – 
all the fuck ups that happen. Everybody forgets about the Mother's Day game, which was like an amazing comeback. Um, and the and the Rockets loss was just too bitter, and it's it's hard for me to remember that season too fondly, even though the Spurs series was great. But yeah, there's never been a team that's exceeded my expectations like this team. Never. And yep. never, I don't think it'll ever, I don't think any Clipper team will ever exceed my expectations. And I think they're also just more fun to watch, just to play yeah. basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Charles- incredibly special. I will remember every single player um, from this entire season, even the guys we traded or let go of. Maybe not Milos and Merchant Gortat. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but probably everybody else. Avery Bradley, for all the wrong reasons, but... Um, will be remembered. But yeah, I mean, every key Clippers player from this run will go down in Clippers lore. And it's just, it's an incredible, incredible team. And, you know, they are, they've earned the love of Clippers fans for the rest of time. I think there's more and more to be said about just bringing this team back with Kawhi Leonard. I think that was an option that a lot of fans might not have thought too highly of a few months ago was just one superstar free agent. But mm-hmm. now I think if you add Kawhi Leonard to this team and and the Warriors get broken up, I mean, the sky's the limit. I think that's like a 55-win team potential Western Conference final. I just still don't know if that team wins the title. But honestly, if Shea and Gallo, I mean, Gallo, if Shea and Shamit and Zoo and Jerome all improve and take steps forward next year and they add Kawhi, who knows? Who knows, um, man? Seriously. It all, they need Kawhi and the series. I almost feel like this, te- this team is making my expectations for next year too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why, I mean, we need to treasure every moment of this team because it will never be like this again. No. Unless the team next season literally wins a championship, which seems unlikely. Which uh, seems unlikely, but man, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> Kevin Garnett boys. Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. I think that'll do it for this episode of the Law of the Gen, the podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. I know it's kind of was uh, pretty, you know, free, uh, free of just a lot of just random thoughts in this podcast. But we love that you guys are listening. As always, leave us some good reviews and whatever you listen to us to. And man, I think I can say very confidently, go Clippers! Hi, this is Garrett Sisti. Hold for applause. The host of the Lightning Round podcast and Score More with Garrett Sisti, all under the Bolts from the Blue podcast network covering your local Los Angeles Chargers. The podcasts are great, but don't take my word for it. Listen to this kid. Kids don't lie. It seems. Forget the kids. Search Bolts from the Blue on iTunes to find great Chargers podcasts like the Lightning Round podcast and Score More with Garrett Sisti and add them to your podcast rotation. I'm not giving you that dollar. <laughs> Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.